Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC825. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, it's a holiday weekend. Some fireworks have been canceled. Uh, but how you doing, man? You, gonna, you all right? This has been a week of heartbreak for me. Is it because uh, the fireworks were canceled? No, I could care less about the <laughs> Look, I, I'm not going into all the reasons this was a, a really bad week. But for sports, uh, I will tell you that uh, the cancellation of minor league baseball for the season is really hard to take. I mean, just as a baseball fan, it's really hard to take. As you and I and, and what we do and, and our other radio show, High Hopes, um, and the players that we get to know and the interviews that we get to share with the, the fans and and watching them grow and watching them get better and it's uh it's gone for the season and it's it's really hard to to kind of deal with yeah i'm gonna get sentimental i texted you right away and said i am going to miss going to these ballparks uh, before the games and talking to these players and and having some of those experiences and uh, that just won't happen this year for us or for Anybody else? And I mean, it's the first time in 120 years that they've called off a full campaign. Uh, we talked a little bit on our, our Monday midweek uh, OTA show about, you know, some of the young players are going to miss out on on time to develop. We specifically mentioned Mickey Moniak, but you got other young guys that just aren't going to have these opportunities that you really hope for them to get some game experience. Um, you hope it doesn't stifle their growth in the system a little bit. Yeah, I, I am. You know, since we did that show, I'm glad they added a couple of catchers because I was really confused at how they only had three catchers. They still had spots on the roster. So I had a feeling that the catcher was going to be an emphasis, but it's going to be interesting to see how the season goes. And, you know, people better pay attention. If, if you're doing fantasy baseball, which you wrote me into. OK. And and, and for people Look, who, who you're an adult, get, do, you make your own decisions here just because you're in something that you don't understand now doesn't mean it's my. Fault. Yeah. Un unfortunately, we can't air what goes on before the show starts <laughs> because because poor Mike would be on the dump button constantly as I'm trying to <laughs> to express to you how my frustration at the fact that there's a fantasy football season or baseball season for 60 games when we don't even know which guys are showing up and which ones weren't aren't. I mean. You know, I'm still kind of caught up in the fact that Buster Olney has said that there's a 5% chance that the first game will start and a 0% chance that there'll be a full season. So I'm not quite sure what I'm doing here. I'm going along because I'm a team player, but but I am confused about exactly is, what's going on with baseball. This is clearly my fault also, right? Hey, no, but, it's um, all before, your, no, no, let me, let's make it clear. It's all your fault. It's okay. always all my don't, fault. Don't sit there and, and kind of, you know, soft battle it. It's all your fault. Just because you couldn't take I the was, teal peer pressure was, of being teased about not doing I fantasy was sports. out of fantasy sports. And, and you, look, just like The Godfather 3, I got pulled back in, and it was by you. Before we move on, um, I did want to – good on the Phillies. They plan to continue paying their minor leaguers their stipend. So at least those guys will have a little bit of money. But it's, it's going to be a tough road for some of them. And who knows what – minor league baseball will look like next year when they do come back. Uh, hopefully they're back regardless though, right? It's, it's going to look very different. There's going to be a lot less teams. I think it's just going to be really rough. All right. Why don't we move on to what we're actually going to talk about next? How about a little tune first? Yeah. We want to intro our next <laughs> guest here. Vito, you awake on the board there? 
Keith Pompey, did you hear your intro music there? We tried to give you an official intro to the show. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was laughing because I, like, I heard that maybe only like 10 times in my whole career. I mean, my whole college career because we were always losing. That's because they only play it when they score a touchdown, and that's so rare. It's, when, when Keith and I were at Pitt, that team was horrible. And, and wasn't that the return of Johnny Majors? Yeah, oh my gosh. Hey, look, I, I'm a. T- oh, gosh. So I was a, a writer at the Pitt News, and I was a diehard Johnny Majors fan, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you how little you, sympathy I on, have for you on, both was, because. Was he a Johnny, were you a Johnny Majors first time around fan, or did you continue yeah, to be well, a Johnny like, Majors I, second time around fan? Well, well, well here, here's the thing because, you know, he went to Tennessee and he had success, and I used to like seeing him. Like, oh, this guy looks like he's in control on the sidelines, you know. This and that, and um, and then you find out that he won a national championship at Pitt. So to go back to Tennessee, so I'm like, man, Johnny Major's the guy. He's the guy. And I go to practice one time, and the dude was up like overseeing practice, like you know, looking up in the top of the stadium, like they had a like an elevated, you know, stand. I can't pronounce it right now. But I look and I see my man nodding off, and I'm like, "Oh Lord!" Like I lost all respect for Johnny right then and there. Like then I just knew, like it was so bad at that point that they gave us tickets for free. Now let me let me explain something to both of you, okay? You You got you got nothing on me, okay? We're gonna get get no pity. Rutgers was. 0-11 0-11 my freshman season. They were ranked the worst team in college football by Sports Illustrated. Not only, did they, not only did they give you a ticket to the game, they had buses from campus over to the stadium. They gave you a hot dog and a ticket, and they still couldn't convince people to go. So you guys got nothing on me. And frankly, uh. Keith, I've been doing this show with Jeff now. This is still going to start our fifth year. We'll talk about that later. It's crazy that we've been doing it that long. I still haven't heard the Rutgers fight song played on the show. The closest I got was when Rutgers Uh. basketball was going to make the tourney, and a pandemic stopped that. So I got nothing going on here. Well, that's that's, that's, that's kind of bad. It kind of, you know, stinks to be you. But, hey, guess what? (laughs) Well, Rutgers won his first Big East football game against. Well, if there's actually college football, they'll win some football. No, but my luck, I finally get a coach that recruits some players and they won't play a season. That's kind of how it yeah, goes for me as a Rutgers yeah. fan. Yeah, but Rutgers did beat us. I remember we were looking at the game in the student union. We were like, we lost to Rutgers? Rutgers? <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah. See? That's, that's when you know. When you so, lose to them and you go, we lost to them? Really? Yeah, yeah so yeah. Keith, before, before we get to actual basketball, we actually wanted to have an intervention with you. Okay. So, uh, Jason, Jason has some uh, tips for you on on how to properly vacation. So, I was listening to your Locked On Sixers podcast, and I, I heard yeah. about your staycation. Um, yeah. I didn't hear of like an inflatable kiddie pool or anything like that. You're talking about going down the basement. No, really. If you're going to use no me Hawaii. as if you're going to use me as the frame for travel, Jeff believes that I'm supposed to give you some tips for what to do. So. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta tell me. Well, see, but I'm, see now you're making me think about your, your vacation last year when you went to Hawaii. Right? Exactly, like, wow, exactly. I'm so apparently we got to talk about this and work on it because you didn't quite go to Hawaii for your staycation, and now if all things go well, you won't have a vacation day for who knows when, right, man? Nah, I know, right? Yeah, what is it? <laughs> if, yeah, that's crazy. It could be nine. Well, not quite ninety-one, but it's going to be probably if they go all the way, it could be what. 80 days. Wow. Well, let's, right. let's get let's into talk, that. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So the, the first of 90 days, they're going back next week. 
it sounds like, according to Brett Brown, they've all gone. They're all going back healthy. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you know. Um, you know, the thing is, right now, you know, you, you're hearing of certain teams that that like, okay, look at the Denver Nuggets. They had to close the facility. The L.A. Clippers had to close their facility. The fact that the Sixers are still, <laughs> this facility is still open, that's a good sign. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I Maybe know that sounds kind of crazy to say it. Huh? They should close it and put them in a bubble early, though. Well, <laughs> well you know, and that's the funny thing. And, and, okay, the Brooklyn Nets, their facility was closed, too. And, and, and that's why some of the Nets were a little upset because, you know, they were one of those teams who were supposed to go to the bubble early. And then the league, you know, changed their mind and decided – to have guys come to their home market, a lot of teams. I think the only team that went down there early was, um, well, who was it? It was um, the, the Raptors, it, right? The Raptors. So, so with that being said, you know, these guys come to New York, and two of them get the coronavirus by going to New York. You know, DeAndre Jordan and um, what's the other guy's name? Oh man. Spencer Dinwiddie got it too. Yeah, right? Spencer. Thank you. <laughs> like, are wow, they going to have enough players to play? Huh? Are the Nets going to have enough players to play? Durant's not coming back. Kyrie Irving might not be coming back. They got these two guys that are out. Are the Nets going to have enough players to play? Um, I mean, were you talking quality players? Nah, they yeah. probably won't. Well, yeah, well they won't. I'm, they I'm, won't. I'm sure nah, that they, they could do what the Sixers did a few years ago and then put together a band of. Uh, you know, uh, uh, gypsies. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what it's going to be. I mean, if you think about, it, think, about, think about the Brooklyn Nets now. So if, if you're, if you're the Washington Wizards and if you're the, the players, right, Bradley, Bill, and you're thinking, and, and some of the guys like, man, listen, we're just going to go down here. We're front office. We're going to use this as a training camp, so to speak. We're going to keep our lottery pick. And now you're looking at the Brooklyn Nets and you're saying, Really? Why, really? Because, <laughs> like, the Nets haven't <laughs> clinched the playoff spot, right? So they're going to go down there. They don't even have a coach. I mean, think about it. The coach resigned right before the end of the season, right, because he's going to get fired or something after the year. So he resigns. And then, like, their top players are talking about they don't want to go down there. And if and you're Washington, you're looking at it like we have no chance of making the playoffs. We're basically just going to go down there and work out the young guys, do some team building and this and that, try to stay safe, <laughs> but we're going to do some team building. And then we're just going to get our lottery pick. And now there's a chance that they may make the playoffs just because it looks like Brooklyn is tanking. You know, it's crazy. How, how, how are they going to do team building? They're not even allowed to play doubles ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know. It's, yeah, well, it's not just I guess team them, building though. on the court. What'd you say? It's not just them, though, because I just got an alert that Victor Oladipo opted out to not play, too. I mean, how is some of this going to impact the Sixers? We'll get into their health and what we expect from them. But, you know, these are some other teams that are they're chasing the same playoff spots that they are. And it looks like they may be a little bit shorthanded going into this. Um, You know, it's, it's weird. Like, the Sixers, I, I have to get my – everything sounds great on paper – for a 76ers team when you're going it up against It always people. does with the Sixers, it, Keith. <laughs> it, exactly. And then when you fit, factor in that, you know, we have yet to see these guys in four months. And even right now, like, 
the guys don't even come in contact with each other in the practice facility. So they're not, like, doing five-on-fives. They're not doing anything. So it sounds great on paper, but we just have to see what it looks like, you know, once the first game starts or when they have the first scrimmage. You know, just see what they're going to what they're going to look like because right now there's an unknown. Now, if you're the Sixers and Victor Oladipo hasn't played, the the one thing about it that you got to be careful of is like the Indiana Pacers beat them two games to one, and um, you know they they're up two to one in the series without Victor Oladipo, and and people. Like, remember, there was a while when Victor first came back. They were struggling a little bit to find their groove because they had to implement them. So I think that while that's on paper, it sounds huge. If if it was going to happen any year, this would be the one just because they, they had an identity without them. All right. Well, here's what we do know. The Sixers apparently have two teams, Team Joe and Team Al. You wrote a story about it the other day. What is going on with Team Joe and Team Al, and what's been the fallout of Brett mentioning that? Uh, you know, it was basically, oh, so do you like Team Joe and Team Al? You don't like it? You seem confused. Hold on. I don't, I don't know what, what, what he meant by that, quite frankly. If he's saying that the Team Joe means that Joel's going to be on the first team and Team Al, he's going to play on the second team, you know, as we discussed on your podcast, that, that's what I want. I don't want those yeah. two guys on the court at the same time. But if this is if this is a and a dynamic between the two, and there's two camps, that's kind of what I'm concerned about. I didn't. And, I'm, what and I'm wondering how both teams are going to be on the court at the end of the game. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I think that 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 that's what's going to happen. Like basically, because he was Brett Brown was asked, he was asked like, okay. Are you going to bring Al Horford off the bench, or are you going to keep him in the starting lineup? And he was like, oh, I'm not going to come out and say that yet, but we, we saw what doesn't work, and, you know, we're not going to, you know, you know, he was giving all that, and then he said, okay, I'm going to help you guys out. I'm going to have a team Al, and then I'm going to have a team Joe, and then we're going to try to bring them together, right? So to me, what that said was, he knows that they have a hard time playing together, and he knows that Al Horford is successful when he's on the floor without when when he when he's not on the floor with um, Embiid. So it looks like to me that Embiid's going to start the game. Shake Milton's going to be in his starting lineup, and then when Embiid comes out, he's going to bring Al in, and he's going to feature Al Horford, right? But then when he says we're going to bring them all together, right, to the team. That means at the end of the game, we got to get our five best players on on the floor. And Al Horford, even though he and Embiid haven't like meshed well, he is one of their best players. So with that said, he's going to close out the games. So then, who goes to the bench? Shake. That's you know what if if that's going to be the crazy one. It may have to be Shake, but you know it's going to be one of those things where. Like, if Jay Rich is struggling, well, Jay Rich may go to the bench. We we do know that the four people who aren't going, three other people who aren't going to the bench <laughs> are going to be Ben Simmons, right? Um, I don't think you want to <laughs> – you're not going to put Tobias on the bench. And, and you're definitely not going to end the game without Joel. So it's going to come down to, you know, leaning towards Shake. But if Jay Rich struggles, then maybe Jay Rich may go to the bench. 
you mentioned Ben Simmons won't be off the court. Uh, he says he's as healthy as he's felt all year. Uh, what are you hearing uh, out of that camp right now? You know, he's. Uh, you know, I'm hearing that he is. You know, he, he's. He's. You know, well, some people are saying 100. percent You know, he's. He, he looks well. And when he says that, it, it, it's true. Like I know that sounds like, oh wow, I'm better than I was in the beginning of the year. And you're going to have certain people saying. And what do you mean? Is that a cliche? No, it's real. In the beginning of the year, in the preseason, you know, Ben Simmons missed a couple games because of his back. He had back problems in the beginning of the season. So now he's, like, taking four months off, and now he's healthy. So when he says that, you know, that's what he – like, he's not coming out and bringing up the other injury, but he's true, like – or the lingering injury. But um, so I'm hearing that he's ready to go. You know, he's doing this and doing that. But, you know, I don't think that his game, all of a sudden we're going to see a different type of Ben Simmons. Like he's going to come up and start shooting threes. Nah, I, I think that we're going to see the same player. And he's just going to be, you know, more, he's going to have more spring in his step. Um, he, he's going to be more um, decisive with what he does because of he's not going to have fear of his back. Okay, so that's one of the stars. Now let's talk about Joel. Is Joel, has anybody seen Joel? Do we know if he's in shape? Did he get into shape the way we've seen Zion Williamson get into shape or John Morant use the time? Does Joel look like he's cut and ready to go and he can play 48 minutes if we need? Or are we going to see a lot of Al because Joe still is in shape? You know what? I haven't seen Joel at all. Like, Joel, we've been doing these interviews for three days now with the players. Um, three or two, two days with the players now, and we have yet to talk to Joel. Um, you know, so, actually, it's three days now, so we have yet to talk to Joe. Um, you know, you hear everything, and, and nothing against Joel, nothing against him, but it's one of those things where I'm so used to hearing stuff now. Every time there's a break in action, you know, they're always saying, especially in the beginning of the season and right now, that we're hearing, oh, Joel's in the best shape of his life. Joel this, Joel that. So for me, you know, I just want to wait and see it. And if he is, I applaud him. I'm happy for him. But I know in the past, like especially in the beginning of this season, you know, Brett Brown was saying this is the best shape that Joel's been in um, at the start of a season. And then next thing you know, a couple weeks later, you know, they're saying that he's out of shape. So sometimes when Brett says stuff, you know, he's a little bit – I'm not going to say he exaggerates, but I just say he overhypes things a lot. And it's one of those things where, you know, Joel could get back in his shape by the time we see him because they have a month. But at the same time, you know, I'm just reserving um, the right to make my opinion when I see him on August the 1st. Been a lot of talk about the chemistry on this team or mm-hmm. lack thereof at times. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the conversations going on? I heard Tobias talk about a little bit. It's some other people have talked about it. Glenn Robinson said that this is the best communication they've had, which concerns me because they all haven't seen each other for four months. Um, <laughs> <laughs> explain to me the chemistry challenges and if you think that um, it's going to be worked on. Having Given the fact that I'm seeing that on some of these calls, the players are saying, look, Brett's taking like five minutes to talk basketball and then to talk about like life too. 
I got you. So, I love so that you I made you last team. I, 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 I got you. Yeah, it needs to be more uh, basketball. Here's the thing about the chemistry thing. Now, you know, Glenn Robinson III, you know, when he came there, I, I guess, you know, when he arrived, you know, he, you can tell when when stuff is a little bit off kilter. You know what I mean? You're a new guy, and you can see things may not be as, like, you know, you know, there may not be as much harmony as, as you expected. The lack of culture that they had is nothing new. I mean, you know, Jeff, you're around there. You can tell stuff is crazy, or it was. And and my question is now, when Glenn Robinson III comes out and says this, you know, yes, it's great when you guys are on a Zoom call and everyone's laughing and joking and this and that. That doesn't mean that when you say lack of chemistry, that doesn't mean that guys don't get along off the court. You know, my big thing is what's going to happen when they start playing games? What's going to happen when, let's just say, let's say if Ben Simmons becomes the point forward, right, and he he, he starts to become the star of the team, how does Joel Embiid re- react to not getting as much touches, as many touches as he used to get? You know what I mean? And then how if, let's just say, you have Glenn Robinson the third and Matisse Theibel and Mike Scott, what if they're left out of the eight-man rotation? How are they going to take that? You know what I mean? Like, how is Al Horford going to respond when he's saying all the great things, but how is he going to respond if he doesn't get to close out a game or Tobias doesn't get to close out a game? So, to me, everything's great. It's kind of like the preseason of football. You know, guys, everybody's going to go into training camp. Training camp. We're going to hear all these stories about the, the Cleveland Browns being ready to go to the playoffs again. And then Jeff week hates six that. comes, you know? <laughs> Jeff hates Wait. when people talk about Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what he's talking about. But, but so you're talking about some of these players who may get upset if they don't get the ball. To me, that becomes a question of leadership. Is this something that Brett Brown is prepared to say, here are your roles, this is how we're getting through the season. If you have an issue, we'll discuss it after the season. We have unique circumstances. Let's just get with the program and let's see if we can win. Or is there the risk of a Scottie Pippen moment? I don't know. I mean, it could be a Scottie Pippen moment depending on who it is. Like, if it's a superstar, it could be. Now, again, the way this team is made up, like, let, 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 let's keep it real. The Scottie Pippen moment was because Scotty didn't get the ball, right? Right. I think, yeah. like, if, if Ben Simmons is on the floor, you know, he I don't know if he wants to take that big shot. You know what I mean? I mean, and, and that's not does. a knock against him, but it's just not his game. Like, he's Who not going to be the guy that's going to do that. So, if you say, Ben, okay, you inbounds the ball, like you said to Scotty, Ben is like, all right, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Scotty won't. You know what I mean? But if you say, like, okay, Ben, you're not going to play in the last minute. If you say, oh, Joel, you're not going to play in the last minute, I think Brett Brown will have some problems, you know, because these are his two superstars. I mean, you know, these are two guys who are regarded, you know, to be who has next in the NBA, you know, uh, like on the path to greatness. And if they don't play, I mean, I think Brett will have a problem. Yeah, of course. I think he is. Okay, for all for all those people that forgot that what happened at the beginning of the season, who exactly on this team wants the ball at the end? 
we we still had we had that problem for a long time before this pandemic hit. Who, when they come back, is the guy that's going to want the ball in the clutch? You know, it's funny. The guy who I would say would want the ball in the clutch, and he's only had like a three-week to show what he can do, and he's not a starter. But the guy who I think has that type of mentality may be Alec Burks. But I don't know if you want him. If you got all these other guys, I don't know if you want him to have a ball at the end. You know what I mean? I don't think that's his role. I think the person who would have to take that role, assume that role, and to be that guy would have to be um, a Tobias. You know what I mean? A, a Tobias Harris. I think he has that. He has to assume that. I mean, right now, then you may say Shake Milton, but if Shake Milton is 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 he big enough for that role? I mean, you know, talking about uh, like maturity wise. You know what I mean? Like years played in the league. You know, I mean, he has shown me a lot because he's one of those guys. I remember when he would first come in and he would take a shot, right? And you're mm-hmm. saying, like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay, good play, good play. But, like, you're, you're looking at him and you're saying, dude, Tobias is wide open. Joel's wide open. What are you doing taking that shot? And he would make it. Now, again, it's different when the game is on the line and do you have the heart to take that shot. But – if I'm the Sixers, I need Tobias to be more assertive at the end of the game. It concerns me that the first choice you go to is a guy that's not going to probably be in the regular rotation as the guy who wants the shot. That, that to me is a, a, you know, we can talk about these teams, not these pieces, not necessarily fitting on the floor, have team Al, team Joe. At the end of the game, though, it gets tight. You know that somebody's going to have to want the ball in their hands, and I hope that player develops. We'll, we'll definitely see what comes out of it. Keith, we always enjoy getting a few minutes with you. Uh, I definitely can't wait to join you one day on the podcast. I enjoy listening to you and Jeff when you do the Locked on Sixers. Uh, tell people how they can catch your Locked on Sixers podcast and how they can catch all your work. Well, I appreciate you. You, you can um, download the uh, podcast on Spotify you can also listen to it on Apple iTunes. You can read me on uh, Enquire.com, and you can follow, follow me on social media on uh, Pompeii on Sixers, at Pompeii on Sixers. Hey, I appreciate you guys for uh, letting me come on, and we got to have both of you guys on the podcast so we can laugh and joke. <laughs> I'm down. I can't wait. I just want to hear Jeff do another uh, read for your, your belt bar that you have. Those, uh, aren't, those aren't reads, man. Well, you guys do it very well. You make me want to go try a bar, so we'll, we'll work yeah, on man, that. Yeah, man, ten percent off. See, there you go, Keith. You could take see, it back and a, say we gave a you a plug on the show. We got that going on. Keith, have a great right. Fourth of July, man. Take care of yourself. All right, thanks and, uh, for having stay me. Stay healthy. Bye bye. Bye. All right, uh, Jeff. Uh, I I said it to Keith. It's concerning to me that you you asked him clearly who's the guy. Who's the guy at the end? And he gave you somebody who will not be in the eight-man rotation. Which is a guy that I've been screaming and jumping up and down about since they who signed. Who you want in the eight-man right. yeah. rotation. I, I, look, I don't know if he's the right answer, but they got him to be the answer as poor part of the answer. He's supposed to be the shooter. And when you have a team of people who don't shoot from long range, you need somebody in there who can spread the floor. He's not the. If he's not the guy, then who is? Tobias is a power forward. Okay, Al Hort, that he can shoot some threes, but he's not a three-point shooter. 
Al Horford can shoot a three, but he's not a three-point shooter. Richardson can shoot a three. See, you see the theme here? They have some guys who can shoot a three sporadically, but they are not three-point shooters. Well, I could shoot a three. I can't make a three. Yeah, but you <laughs> wouldn't even clank a rim. I mean, that's, <laughs> they, they can at least clank a rim and make some, but there's nobody out there. And if Ben Simmons, here's the other problem, again, that we have forgotten because time has gone by. Ben Simmons at the end of a ball game still probably can't shoot free throws. And he can't spread the Why are you trying to bring me so, down so much? You started so, with minor league baseball's gone. So now the question ben can't is, shoot. Okay, You're killing but me, ser- man. seriously, if he comes back and he shows that he is not willing to shoot from long range or can't shoot from long range, and he's not able to show that he has been working on free throws. Every minute of every day since this all stopped. You are going to be blowing up my phone. <laughs> Everybody will be blowing up. Because then the question is, will will Brett then say to Ben at the end of the game, look, I can't put you in. I can't do it. I can't risk that they play hack a Ben. I think there's zero chance that Ben Simmons is not on the court at the end of the game. Okay, well, I don't think Brett Brown's going to, as much as I think he should be partly judged by that, and, and when they figure out whether he oh, should. Oh, he should that. be judged by that as a coach. But, but I don't but... think that's what it's going to, it's going to come down to how far they go. Absolutely. I think, I think nothing else matters for Brett Brown's job except how far they go. Do they make it to the NBA, or at least to the conference finals, if not the NBA finals? You cannot tell me on the air what your reaction was to the text message I sent you when the NBA may air games on tape delay so you don't hear curses. Uh, Vito, get the dump button ready. Jeff, what is your reaction to the NBA airing games on tape delay so that the language is not out there? Well, I, I purposely used it <laughs> because you said that they weren't going to use it. So, I, look. I understand if they think they need to do this because they got youngins watching. So what you need to do is similar to the last dance. Why can't ESPN has enough stations that they could show on ESPN two the clean version with the delay and they could show for the rest of us the regular game. That's going to be the good trash. It seems odd that the only thing that MLB has been able to do right during this, as far as thought process, is the idea that maybe we'd mic the players like they did in spring training. Yet NBA, the NBA, what they can't do right is now they're concerned that their players are going to say bad words. Okay, we're at a point where they have enough stations that they could run on because Sunday night they have no sports. We're going to get to see the this Eagles. This bothers you. This and bothers I, you and I so am a much. Huge Eagles fan. I just don't want it on ESPN. You just want to keep watching sports or documentaries yes. or something like that. You know, that, that's what you want to be watching, right? Right. I got you. Um, before we get off the NBA, uh, they are obviously continuing to do a lot with social justice. They are going to allow players to replace the name on their jersey with a statement about social justice. Apparently, the NBA has an approved list out of things that you can have on there. They don't want to put people's names of people who were lost to offend other people. Um, And apparently, they're going to paint Black Lives Matter on all three basketball courts when it resumes. Your thoughts on what the league is doing to continue with their social justice, Stan? I think it deals with the concern that people like Kyrie Irving have. And and I think at the same time, it, it pushes a social message. But I don't think an agenda. And I think that's 
that's the right thing to do. They're just, I mean, I looked at the list. The list of words or sayings that are on there seem fine. I mean, I can go through it quickly. Black Lives Matter, say their names, vote, I can't breathe, justice, peace, equality, freedom, enough, power to the people, justice now. I mean, there, there's a bunch of them, and, and nobody should have a problem with any of them. And well, if you do, well, turn it off. Well, I think that I think there will be some yeah. people that that turn some of these sports off, but I think there'll be some people that turn the sports on because of, you know, things that are being done and and stands that are being taken. I think you're going to see a mix of both. Can, can I just say something? Because we talk about no, we, we no, don't do we, a show. We, you can't. Okay, talk. fine. I know you, you often <laughs> tell me not to ask that question, but so here's the here's the question. Because we talk I just about, enjoy it when you ask about it. Can I say I something? Know. It's like no. <laughs> Think about it. We we hear from people when this kind of stuff comes up that's important to most people and should be important to all of us, the idea of equality and treating people with respect, that somehow that's a political message and we shouldn't, we don't want, somehow we don't want politics in sports, right? So anybody who has that issue, do they have an issue with the fact that the last election, one of the cars was basically a campaign ad? And and this time, there's going to be in NASCAR a car that's basically a campaign ad, and then says, "I stand for the flag." Now, okay, if I'm if I'm gonna be totally honest, I yeah. would guess that there's no, some don't, people don't, on don't the care. other side of that, um, you know, the people who have the political statement on the car, who are saying it shouldn't be in the race, who are the same people that are saying that there should be change made. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you can't take those people as the the judge of either side of it. Uh, I, I don't think that they are necessarily the metric because they're the loudest voice. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that if you want to have the ability to have speech and conversation, I think that you're going to have to accept a car that's painted with Black Lives Matter as you are a car that's painted with I stand for the flag. And that's the beauty of what it is. You but can disagree with the sponsor with or what they're doing. Right, that's or fine. Trump twenty twenty, or the Biden, people, or whatever thing else. Yeah, but the you hear you heard so many people talk about that they were they're upset that they can't have their their Confederate flag at, at NASCAR now, so they're all flying them outside, and and you have them saying that they don't want Black Lives Matter on a car, which is just asking for respect. To me, that's not a political issue. So if you have a problem with that, then you should have an equal problem well, with somebody I'm, saying I'm something curious. even if it's for what you're you were. Curious to know if the people who had a problem with the Black Lives Matter car have a problem with the I stand for the flag car. Because in general, they're similar. The sad thing is, you know, the answer. I think that I think it's not as clear cut. I think there's plenty that will have a problem with one. No, no, I just don't think I don't want to paint with that broad brush because I think that there are people who will accept both if both are being done. I think there are people who want one or the other because it's their message. But I don't think that that's everybody. And I just try really hard not to to go with that that painting of the broad brush. Right. Um, I did want to leave that there. Heavy topic. Let's let's get into another one. Explain to me how Major League Baseball decides that they are not going to say who gets covid. And then they put out a list of players, but won't tell you anything that's wrong with them. When you actually make the injured list, they say what's wrong with you. Yeah. So I had a conversation this morning with someone where they literally said to me, hey, by the way, the Phillies have four players who have who have apparently tested for covid, but they won't say who they are. And my response was, OK, we may not know who they are, but four people got put on the DL at the same time 
for 10 days without listing their injuries. And apparently the Phillies didn't know that that was going to be made public. What? They, their injury that major list? League, that Major League Baseball was going to publish those players on that particular list, apparently. I was reading a story in The Athletic about that. That How do you not think of these things? Well, what is wrong with Major League Baseball? Why can't they get anything right? I mean, you're this basically not a putting issue. a scarlet this is a major letter. League baseball issue. You're basically putting a scarlet letter on the player. You're saying, no, I'm I don't gonna, think so. I'm not going to put it out public, but then you put out a list and won't say their names. But yeah, but I don't think it's list. a scarlet letter. I mean, look, enough people have this that I don't think that anybody's going to be treated as if, you know, that they have the plague. This, this no, is something not the plague, so many people. You're, they're entitled. Apparently, they kept their agreement that they're entitled to their privacy, and that obviously was violated, even though they didn't say their names directly in connection. Anybody who can add to four can pretty much figure it out thank I mean, you maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong maybe it's not those four guys but it just seemed a little coincidental that they said four guys have it and then four guys show up with undisclosed illnesses on the 10-day dl it yeah. just doesn't make sense why they would do this and i don't know if you saw what derek jeter said derek jeter was talking about the players and and, and said that there's there's no trust between them and I agree with them. I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. Major League Baseball. the players and the owners? Yes. They have screwed this up so badly. I don't even know why they're having a season at this point. Well, Rob Manford had to walk back the other day. He said there was never any chance we were playing more than 60 games. Oh, that was not true. Wasn't one of their proposals for 70? That's what I thought. Okay, well, then how could he say? So he's saying that we were disingenuous in the proposal that we put forward? That's what it seems like. Well, he might want to walk that one back, He too. walked it back and cleaned it up and said, oh, because of health issues. I just think that the, the leadership of all of these leagues, baseball has come out looking the worst. Has Rob and, Manfred done anything as commissioner that you can look at and say he's done a good job so far? I, I just have uh, the owners it. would probably say yes because they've been making more money, but that's it. Wait, and that they have they haven't been making that much more money since. I mean, Manfred hasn't been around that, that long. Has made more, have continued to make more money. The teams that haven't continue to struggle. Those that seems to be the split in this. Those were the teams that didn't want to play the season. So that that was the divide that he has among his okay, own what, shop. Okay, what else? Other than that. Oh, I didn't say he did a good job or anything. I, I, I really I just don't understand what Rob Manfred has done. He may have. He well, may today he canceled the All-Star game. And so that will oh, be really? back. Yeah. So the All-Star game is canceled for this season. It will be in L.A. Would it have been next week? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure why they waited so long to do that. Why did they even have to announce that? I Kind of figured every possible reason. Kind of figured everybody would know that it wasn't happening at this point. Um, Did you see the story about prohibition baseball? No. Really, you didn't see it. No. Okay, so during the shutdown, there was a group of players, including Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Corey Kluber, Paul Goldschmidt, Giancarlo Stanton, thirty other players that went and played secret baseball games at Palm Beach Garden High School. Really? Yeah, and so is it going to be a thirty for thirty? I, I wonder. So there was a quote from. OK, so here's Did my anybody confusion. hurt during this. No. And nobody got sick. But Eric yeah. Cressy is the person who organized it, who is apparently 
was hired by the Yankees to be in charge of their training. So it seems like somebody who's officially connected with a major league team organized these workouts. And his quote was the health and safety part was hard. We had to have a really small groups use all 10,000 square feet of the facility, but the security aspect was probably more challenging to be discreet and give these guys an element of privacy. Guys were saying it was like fight club or prohibition baseball. So they did the opposite of what Tom Brady was doing where they had aerial a video of what's going on. They kept it secret and apparently played these like all-star games of players. Okay, so here's my first thought. That would be really cool. It's like Sandlot baseball. Here's so apparently there thought. is some They're video. really dumb. Apparently why, there is some the video of it. Okay. I, I haven't seen it out yet. Well, we, did, we, we didn't get to see it live. And by the way, were these guys uh, in a bubble together? I mean, did they create their own uh, micro society? Because if they didn't, then this was really stupid. It didn't and if, sound and like if it. I'm the owners, I am really unhappy about it. It did not sound like it. And that was what one of the players said. They were concerned how the re- owners would react during the negotiations. And so that's why they kept it a secret. Uh, I, I just if if your gut is all I thought I was dream to... team, by the way, that that 92 game of the scrimmage with like, yeah. I would love to see yeah, all these was, stars. There was no pandemic going trash. around at the time. Details, Jeff. Details. Uh, you just if if you're telling me that the players were concerned about people finding out, if your gut tells you that there's something so wrong that you need to keep it secret, here's what you do. You don't, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's much like you and I have had this discussion off air and we've had it on air for years. The Washington football team. And oh, we're going there. Before yeah. we go there, can we do one? Oh, more you thing got more on baseball? baseball? Sure. So the A's are still working with their fan cutouts. Okay, oh, for the Lord. seats. Oh, we're, but we're, going, we're going back to the inflatable shmoo. Is that what we're doing? If the cutout gets hit by a foul ball, I know they're going to the send A's you. The A's will mail the fan the foul mm-hmm. ball. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck waiting for your baseball. On to your Washington the football A's team. They have no money. They're keeping those foul balls. <laughs> there is no way they're packaging those things up and sending them out unless they're going to charge you COD. On to the Washington football team. Jeff, yeah. you've been mentioning this forever, that it has no place in today's society to have such an offensive name. Uh, Dan Snyder said he will never, ever, ever, ever caps lock. All caps. Never. 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 Do it. He said that um, in, in 2013 and has said it since. And he's carried around a little thing that he, a poll that supposedly was done that says 90% of Native Americans aren't offended by his name. And so I don't this know week. How- yeah. This week, um, FedEx, who owns this, the naming rights of the stadium, called on him to change the team name. the CEO, who was a partial owner of Washington. Nike mm-hmm. removed their merchandise from the stores. And look, Nike is not altruistic. They have their own issues. But, no, but that's a big one. But they that are removed. Other sponsors, uh, representing $620 billion, uh, have called for a name change. And the D.C. government said that Dan Snyder can't relocate to the RFK site until the team changes its name. So today we saw a statement from Dan Snyder saying it's under review. Now, in that statement, five paragraphs, they said the team name of Washington 10 times. Ten times. Yeah. So right. they're extremely concerned about it, clearly, that they're reviewing it. That was that was such a big middle <laughs> finger. It, it, it really was. I mean, Dan Snyder's a smart guy. He read that statement. 
And I guarantee you he knew that it was in there exactly 10 times. Did you see that they're also doing it to uh, represent the military? And uh, I enjoyed that in Ron Rivera's comment. In the I movies. don't understand that. What is that? What is what is one? Uh, you, keep, you keep talking and I'll find Ron Rivera's statement about this, it. The whole Washington thing and Dan Snyder's position on it not only doesn't make sense from a from a society perspective. It is clear that to a percentage of this population, that term is extremely offensive. And anybody who wants to look up the the origin of that name and what it means to certain people, it I don't know how even if you want to disagree about whether it should be changed, I don't know how you can look in a mirror, say the word and say, huh, that could be offensive to somebody. All right. It's so. Just, it just seems wrong. But from a, a financial perspective, why can't he change the name? He'll make a fortune in New Jersey's. It's not going to change. I've the been value telling you that for a long time. It That's doesn't what make I don't any get. sense. Now, you can go funny. You had a good idea, and I'll let you say it. Well, it wasn't my idea. I took it from okay. somebody else. Was, was the Red Tails, which the is the Red which Tails. Is, yeah, to honor t- the the it was the nickname of the Tuskegee Airmen, the first African American military aviators in the Air Force, and there's actually a logo going around where they incorporate that maroon and gold. Now, look, I and don't think that the, the red I don't think that the Redskins are soliciting advice from an Eagles fan about what to do with their name and their logo. Oh, but but they're soliciting me, advice from Nike now, apparently. That to me is a cool logo. Now smart. you went in a completely different direction. Well, I was joking. I, I said that they should be. The Washington Sentinels and, and, and uh, the response to that from somebody I know was, hey, they could sell a ton of Falco jerseys. And for those of you that somehow don't know, there was a movie called The Replacements with Ken. I knew that, Jeff. You did. I was very impressed. by. I, I am not totally out on culture that I knew yeah. that and Falco was... was the quarterback. And I guarantee you they'd sell a fortune in jerseys if they did that. But I'm not they're not going to go in that direction. But there are so many names, Washington Monuments. There, there's a bunch of different names that you can associate with the capital of our country. And let's be honest, they changed the name of their basketball team in that town. There is not not what well, was a different owner. It was a different. But it doesn't owner. matter. There is not well, not yeah, but precedent you know the for a team. That, why he did that? He Tell did me. that. The, the owner of what used to be the Washington Bullets, I believe, had a friend who died from a, a gun incident, and as a result of that, he made the decision that he didn't want to be associated, didn't want the team associated with the violence of guns, and so he changed the name to the Wizards. I don't think it impacted the value of the team. No, I mean, not I would at have all. With a better name than the Wizards, but. Because I don't know what magic has to do with Washington, but okay, it, it didn't change the value. I don't think anybody went away. I think that there will be more people that may be upset about this for their own personal reasons. But I guarantee you, anybody that's a diehard Washington fan is going to root for them, no matter what they call them. If they want, change it to the Washington Hogs. <laughs> There's a ton of good names out there. Yeah, they, they, there's like a lot like that by your face. You like that one? Well, I had thought of the Hogs too because it speaks to their history as a team, and so I, I don't, I haven't understood why they've stood on this ground for so long, purely from the fact that Dan Snyder could make so much money off of just marketing and selling new jerseys again. I just haven't really understood it. Uh, NFL is going to shorten their preseason by two weeks. NFLPA wants them to get rid of it altogether. Uh, are we going to have any preseason games, Jeff? I don't know why they need preseason games this year. Are they going to have a bunch of guys that are going to 
it's going to be impossible to go through the same camp that you went through before where you would be able to try people out and then and then whittle your roster down. I think teams are going to have to go with more uh, with people with more experience this year because of the situation. So I don't think you need the preseason games because the preseason games help with that. They don't really help with regard to timing and things like that. That's where you, you work on that in practice. Uh, we are starting to see the dominoes falling college football as they try to move forward with the season. Lafayette canceled their game with Navy football. The Ivy League's considering moving football to the spring. Um, we've got Oklahoma. So what do you think of it? Well, hold on. Before you get to Oklahoma, well, what do you think of the fact that the Ivy League may be voting next week to move their entire season to the spring? As long as I understand there isn't a guarantee they'll play in the spring. Okay. Well, you don't have it. You haven't, there's no guarantees of anything, but there is a guarantee. I mean, right I, now, I think you're starting to see flaring up everywhere. So if you're the Ivy league, now the Ivy league is different than the rest of college football. You know, they don't have the same financial interest in this as Oklahoma or Michigan or even Rutgers. Well, right now, Oklahoma has 14 players testing positive. Kansas halted their workouts with 12 members testing positive. Uh, USC apparently is going to have remote classes, not have students on campus. It's going to be hard for some of these schools to say we are going to bring student athletes back to campus when nobody else is here for class just so they can play their sport. Colorado is spreading their kids out so much that some kids are going into hotels. They're turning hotels into dorms. Are they? So it, it's going to be very interesting to see how they do this. I just don't know how they're going to accomplish this. So why not push it off to the spring? Now, I know there's two big problems with the spring, right? One of the problems is your best players are likely going to say, I'm not going to get hurt right before the draft. So I would be willing to bet you Trevor Lawrence doesn't play if they if they play in the spring. And then the other problem is you're competing with college basketball. But I. I don't know about you. Any college football and college basketball fans going to watch I'd both watch of both. them? Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch so, both. So I think that's a red herring. The real question is whether or not there'll be a lot of players that bow out because it's going to be so close to the NFL draft. Uh, Jeff, we're going to Canada, eh? Some of us are. We're not Some, allowed to go. No, Otherwise, we're not allowed to go. But go. Appar- apparently hockey is going to settle on going north of the border. They're a little worried about the numbers of cases in Vegas where they really wanted to be. Looks like we're headed to everybody going to Edmonton and Toronto to play Great. some hockey with a finals in Edmonton. That's a far trip for you to stand outside the stadium. Look, I've, sign, been to, I've been to almost every like major city in Canada. I love it up there. I have not been to Edmonton. It just seems so far out of the way. Um, they, they did delay phase three today. We don't have a lot of virus up there. They did delay phase three today of their yeah. plan because they still don't have an agreement between the league and the players about some of the protocols. So we'll see when that comes. We talked to Sam Carcitti about that last week, about whether that's actually going to work itself out, because there are certainly some questions have, there. Have you seen some of the protocols, that the, the handbooks that the leagues are putting out? The football one was like 105 pages or something like that. And the NBA one was, I believe, 113 pages or somewhere in that. And the players are saying that. It's well, look, really you're the lawyer. So you tell me, why is the book that long? <laughs> I Do they really think that that you're going to be able to take in that much information and that many roles? I mean, some of the players were saying DeMar DeRozan said, look, I got to page like 10. 
and they're talking about not being able to play doubles ping pong, which, by the way, kudos to whoever thought that that was like a big concern that they actually had to waste space on that. But really, you're going to tell players, as Mar DeRozan properly pointed Can you out. Can imagine going home? Like, I'd go home tonight, be like, my wife would be like, what'd you do today? I wrote a paragraph on how they can't play doubles ping pong. Yeah. <laughs> So they can set picks against each other. They're going to be bodying up on each other during games. But they draw but the line at doubles ping pong. They not stand next to their team playing And we're making ping-pong. light of this. It's obviously very serious. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to joke but about it. But if they're it, in but... the bubble, if they go through this testing protocol and they are all following the rules and continue to be tested, within the the whole point of having a bubble is to create this microcosm society where everybody won't get sick because they've all been tested. So if they all follow it and stay within there and keep getting tested within there, they have to allow them to have some semblance of a normal life. That's a big if it's a big if, if they all follow it, Jeff, we saw a bell ring this week. It was inspirational. Oscar Limblom. His final cancer treatment. Uh, we saw him back on the ice last week, skating a little bit. Uh, good to see. That that's an inspiring story. I even saw some Pittsburgh Penguins players with Oscar Strong shirts on. I know people that are fans of other NHL teams who wear Oscar Strong jerseys, and and it, he has been an inspiration through all of this. Uh, you got to hope that this is the end of it. That he beats this. And can you imagine if we're all back in? Uh, the stadium in the Wells Fargo Center next year, and Oscar Lindblom comes out and uh, skates. Place will go, place will go absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting to to see him hopefully on the mend, and then you know couldn't happen to a nicer guy from what everybody says. Uh, Jeff, okay, can we, before before you go to whatever you're going to go to, now the other problem with the Flyers is gritty, because I don't know if you saw. But gr- gr- Gritty's now doing uh, makeovers. I saw. So my wife sent me the Queer Eye for the Straight Guy makeover for Gritty. Um, yeah, that wasn't what I expected. Do you have nightmares? Do you have nightmares? Uh, Is Gritty going to be allowed to go? We now know that mascots are going to be able to go to the baseball games that don't. That probably won't happen. Is By the way, is he going to be able to go to Canada? Uh, you're going to have to do some back channel asking about that and find out whether Gritty <laughs> can cross the border. I don't know. You'll find out. Jeff, uh, last few minutes, this is uh, our show anniversary. Uh, that's a good question, by the way. Vito text, uh, puts a message. Did he get his passport? I would love to see Gritty's passport photo. <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> the Flyers should put that out on their social media accounts. That's right. Uh, we started this show started as a Sunday morning show at 10 a.m. on July 3rd, 2016. Somehow. We are about to start our fifth year next week doing this. We've done two additional shows, High Hopes and the Regiment, for the Phillies and the Bluecoats. For this show alone, we've done over 200 interviews, everybody from athletes to coaches, officials, broadcasters. Uh, We've talked to everybody from the grounds crew to the executive that runs the team. Uh, What are your thoughts on being able to do this so long, being able to do this show together, and maybe a favorite interview or two? I think doing the show has been it's been an honor. Um, I think it's been a ton of fun for us. And I think that we've been able to accomplish something. It's not just talking about sports. It's talking about the good in sports for the most part and being able to share the stories of some in 
incredible people. I mean, people that you just never would meet in, in any other walk of life. For me, uh, as much as you would, you could go with the big names. You can go with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Dr. J and 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 people like that. To me, probably one of the 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 most interesting ones that I did that we did was Pratima Sherpa, which was not somebody that a lot of people knew about, but was a was a woman who grew up in a shack with no running water in Nepal and had her father whittle golf clubs. And, and she's now in the United States. And we had a chance to interview her. And then I had a chance to go out to the U.S. Open with her and, and uh, Ali Horowitz, who is always a great interview. He is always fun, author of American Caddy at St. Andrews. We'd heard all those stories of who the biggest cheaters were and what they did. And um, I really enjoyed the interview with Matt Stutzman, the armless archer, um, who told us about getting pulled over for speeding and, and distracted driving with no hands on the phone uh, along with his career. But I mean, just getting to talk to, you know, the voices of my youth, Dan Baker, Lou Nolan, hear these guys that were the soundtracks of my life, talk to some of these announcers um, that we hear narrate our sports lives. It's just been really cool. And um, it's really fun to do the show with you. We've, we've kind of found our thing. I, I had um, some initial hosts I do want to give some credit to originally, Jeff Rutberg, and um, make sure that I give a shout out to Ryan Strauss. Uh, thankfully, they brought you to me. And uh, you came in to, to talk a little bit about antitrust and sports, and that turned into us traveling all over the place to see games and talk to people and do interviews and it's been a blast and uh i'm looking forward to starting year five with you but uh it's a fun time we got about 45 seconds left give me some final thoughts for this one let's hope that the rest of this year and the next five years bring us be able to go back out and, and tell those stories from the parks and, and from the different places and, and from society that's definitely going to be fun to get back out there to keep doing this the banter that we have, though, is, is fun sometimes. Uh, I, we keep joking with our producer about how we need to videotape the pre-show prep. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see whether we do more video coming out for people. And he'll have to words, hit, hit those dump buttons a lot more if we're going to. those. Uh, he'll have to get the dump button ready. We're going to leave it there. Thanks so much for the last couple of years. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style and we start your five. Have a great one and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.